The minute that you get labeled a conspiracy theorist, pretty much everything that you have to say ceases to be taken seriously. The red pill is just about kind of shaking up your perception of the way that things really And on the understanding that what you've been told your entire life is a consciously constructed lie. You take the blue pill, the story ends, you wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. The idea of Project Bluebeam is that NASA, with the help of the United Nations, was attempting to implement a new age religion with the Antichrist at its head and start a new world order via technology simulating the second coming of Christ. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. Hawkeye Media presents... Conspiracy with PJ and Abby. And that's the thing about conspiracy theories is like it's sometimes they're not going to be true. And it's okay. There's literally nothing wrong with asking the questions and pulling on the threads and doing the research. Right. It is what it is. Hello and welcome to another episode of Conspiracy Pilled. You will never guess what we're talking about this week. What are we talking about this week, PJ? We're talking about reptilian shapeshifters from outer space. We are continuing our, I guess, our three-part series on basically the three main alien types that people are seeing and talking about in the West today. So we did the greys, we're going to talk about the reptilians, and then Abby's going to cover the Pleiadians for us in the future. So we're getting into the reptilians, lizard people. This is basically what happens when you let PJ design a three-part series for the channel. <laughs> um, actually, we had a clip from one of these, I believe, this, that some medium-sized YouTuber reacted to. So we made it into a TikTok React compila- compilation on weird things. Oh, we did? No, I didn't even... S- Oh, you sent that to me and you told me to watch it and I haven't watched it. I didn't realize that we were in it. Okay. (laughs) Well, I was out of the loop. Um, (laughs) No, I've been so deeply into this research. I'll say this about the research for the reptilian stuff. It's not straightforward. It's the weirdest bit of research I've done in a minute. So I'm very excited for it. Uh, But we have some other great news today. We got a few house cleaning things to get to. Then we'll get to the show. But we have some great news. We broke 100,000 downloads through iTunes and all the the audio download platforms today. So we set out a goal to hit 50,000 in our first year. We haven't even done this for a year yet. We hit 100,000 today. So I'm very excited about that. We had a wonderful episode come out yesterday with the confessionals, which was a lot of fun. Um, It's just been a good week other than the fact that I am sick as crap again. (laughs) Again. Again. Um, No, I'm just, I just uh, overworked myself and my body's like, stop. Just stop. Please stop. Yeah, that's, that's what I was doing. But uh, <laughs> talking about other good news and, and a break from everything, next Wednesday, we are getting together uh, in Michigan at the Lansing Brewing Company. Next Wednesday at 1 p.m., we're going to be getting together. Me and Abby are going to be hanging out in the same place. So we invited any friends or fans of the show that want to make it to Lansing, Michigan and have a beer with us. So that'll be some some fun. Also want to shout out to all of our subscribers who have made this uh, possible. We've got CM Bish, Moxie Babe, JLag twenty or two 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 nine six Sagles and Malcolm ninety three all came over and uh, became first time supporters on locals this week. So thank you for coming over, getting the bonus unhinged content. We've also got Cat Maj over on Rockfin. So appreciate you guys. You guys are the best. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, we really 
really appreciate it because doing this is way more expensive than you would think sometimes, <laughs> especially with how quickly PJ breaks equipment. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wait, hold on. You're the one with the you're the one with the broken soundboard right now. So um, this don't make this about me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll replace it eventually. Anyway, is there anything else we had to get out of the way before we get into lizard people? Uh, well, the Babylon Bee launched a T-shirt that's like conspiracy theorists versus you know regular people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or the what, what? I don't even know what it was. It's like, like a win column. It's like conspiracy yeah. theorists wins, and then like normies, and it's like empty on the normie side. Yeah, yeah. Well, hang on. Oh, experts. Yeah, experts. Conspiracy there we go. Versus uh, conspiracy theorists versus experts. So I'm just, I'm just gonna put it out there that they're just designing merch for us at this point, like. Basically, filed yeah. under cultural impact of conspiracy pilled. I, no way that <laughs> not have. So, uh, do you really expect us to believe that both of the co-owners, two of the co-owners of the B, have been on this podcast, and that shirt's not about us? We know what it is. We so. don't you guys should send us a shirt. Come on. <laughs> we don't believe in coincidences. Yeah. No. <laughs> if we did, we wouldn't be a conspiracy podcast. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's you, uh, get it. You got to get into the reptile stuff. We got to we got to stop. I have to stop trying to procrastinate hearing. Are about. you not looking forward to more reptile <laughs> stuff? <laughs> more alien stuff? No, it's okay. This is one of those theories that's so weird that I always thought I always filed that under things that are not true. Things that conspiracy only crazy conspiracy theorists believe in this. That's for the weirdos. willing to entertain the questions about it moon willing to entertain reptilians yeah you know what though i think that this is going to line up with more stuff that we've talked about than you realize um (laughs) yeah because it's it's one of those things i just want to put this out there like everybody's heard the reptilians thing they've probably seen a show or a movie or a video game and heard the joke you know there's that politician that was like i want to be a lizard person elect me um and it's everywhere but i don't think a lot of people actually look into like does that have any truth? Is it just a, a phrase we use for like weirdo politicians, the people controlling the the world essentially? Um, but they do they do line up with the alien stuff. So, I, like I said, we talked about the Greys. We're gonna talk about the Nordics, the reptilians. They're also known as reptoids, archons, reptiloids, saurians, draconians, and lizard people. Uh, there's other names. This is the weird part. There's so many different stories. So I am going to do this. Is like lizard people 101. So there's going to be more stuff, I'm sure, on lizard people in the future. So I miss anything and I didn't exhaust any certain avenue. It's because there's just so freaking much here. So we're going to go over the basics, hit a few things, and then I'm sure that'll set us up for for stuff in the future. Uh, So these are generally human-sized lizard-like bipeds. And they have this ability to either shapeshift or generate illusions to appear human. And depending on who you listen to, it's either a natural ability a supernatural ability or some type of technology. It's all of this is going to depend on who you ask because there's a lot. Um, so uh, the origins of this is, is uh, where it gets interesting because just like the grays, there's all these different ideas of origins. Some say they're from space. Some say they're from other dimensions. Some say they were born here and then went to space and then came back. And the other dimensions one's interesting. We're going to talk about a guy named David Icke a lot today. Because he's the guy who's popularized this whole thing. So I'll mention him a few times, then we'll get into to who he is in a minute. But I think 
one of the things he's said is basically they exist. They're they come from outer space, but they're in another dimension. So you couldn't see them. <laughs> you couldn't see them anyway with like a telescope or whatever. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So they're both interplanetary and interdimensional simultaneously. That's, that's interesting. Um, I, a couple months ago, I didn't have a frame. I did not have a framework in which to put aliens. I was like, I'm not unwilling to consider them. I just don't have any right. structure to put this in. Um, so I'm just like holding all this evidence. Like, what do I do? What do I do with it? <laughs> um, but the concept of like they're they're interdimensional, but they're also not from here, and you don't need both. Yeah, and that's where it starts to get weird because according to David Ike, they come from the planet Nibiru. Are you familiar with planet Nibiru? I've heard of it. Go on. Okay. But he also says that they are from the Draco constellation mm-hmm. and that to me just doesn't make any sense right off the bat. Uh, right. Nibiru is this for people who don't know. It's the 12th planet that was deciphered in the Sumerian cuneiform text by Zechariah Sitchin. Uh-huh. And you, you've talked about him before. Right? I have. With the Anunnaki episode. The Anunnaki. Yeah. So Nibiru is supposedly in our solar system. That's so what I was Draco, getting at. Yeah. The Draco star system is not not our solar our system. solar system for those of you who did it <laughs> third grade astronomy <laughs> please continue. yeah and, and it, planet nibiru is weird because according to nasa it doesn't exist some people have said that when nasa talks about planet x they're talking about nibiru they've said they're not it's weird according to these people it's like got this 3600 year you know rotation around the sun and you can only observe it at certain points so I'm not saying that NASA is telling the truth. Maybe Planet Nibiru exists, but eh, who knows? Um, really quick, though, what's your thoughts on Zechariah Sitchin? Because I'm not going to talk about him much, but I'm just curious because I was he keeps coming up in the research is basically the guy that David Icke took a lot of cues from. This is the you know, one of the famous yeah. people in the astronaut uh, or the alien astronaut theory. OK, so Zechariah Sitchin starts with really good research in an area where no one is doing really good research. Not on that level. No one is digging as deep as he's doing. And then he proposes a theory. And then he decides his theory is true. And then assuming his theory is true, he finds these tiny little clues in the text and makes these massive inferences with the assumption that his theory is true. And then he spins wild fan fiction. Yes. From there. <laughs> um, so I, I really like him. It's really good. I've read probably three of his but I've like, consumed yeah. three of his books at this point it's like solid 50 percent sci-fi and 50 <laughs> that's the it's best conspiracy books the ones is. that are yeah the ones yeah. that are like some research and a lot of sci-fi um, <laughs> <laughs> i haven't read any of his books but yeah he does come up a lot um we're not going to talk about him too much today uh some people also say that david ike ripped off the whole lizard pe- uh, lizard people thing from robert e howard Are you familiar with him he's like an old science sci-fi writer and he wrote this story called the shadow kingdom in 1929 which depicts these underground lizard people but i to me that's like saying you're talking about uh werewolf so you must have ripped that off from that michael j fox movie it's Mm. not that there isn't history like of this right or at least the idea because lizard people and reptile worship has been a part of culture all over the world for literally thousands of years so just for example um, there's all of these different, I mean, you can just look, I'm not going to go through all of them, but there's all of these different 
you know, reptile gods in mm. all of history. Uh, you've got like the, I mean, I'm just showing pictures and I totally forgot to write down the names of them, but this one here is like the Sobek, right? So there's all yeah. these different reptile gods, the Egyptian oh, no. Sobek, the, the Hindus have it, the Sumerians have it. Every culture has some type of reptile worship going back thousands of years. So the idea that some guy in 1929 was the first person to ever think of <laughs> underground lizard people. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. a weird, I and mean, Egypt is one of the earliest, earliest pantheons, and there's a weird amount of reptiles in yeah. that. Like, it's like cobras, and then another type of snake, and then crocodiles, and then there's just, it's like, calm down. Yeah, they got a whole lot of it. They got a whole lot of it. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, there's just, it's everywhere. And I want to talk about the types a little bit, but they're really hard to pin down. And I'll kind of go through the the three main ones that I saw. But if you go, depending on what forum you go to or what thread or who you're listening to or what book, there's all of these different freaking types of lizard people. Uh, and the main one that you hear about is like the elders. So there's like this, a Royal elite line. They're seven to 10 feet tall. They weight about 1800, like up to 1800 pounds. And according to a lot of people, their appearance is what inspired historical accounts of dragons and demons and, and all these different things in mythology. Uh, and they're said to live underground in these vast subterranean cities. And sometimes they have wings. And some people have even linked Mothman to this whole thing, like saying that Mothman is one of these elder types. Because the idea of Mothman is so interesting. He doesn't quite look like what the general consensus of him is because the, the name Mothman came from a Batman comic. Like literally they described this weird winged creature out in point pleasant and some reporter decided, well, right now there's this villain of Batman that kind of sounds interesting. Let's call it Mothman. But the idea that it's kind of a, a winged lizard type creature comes up a lot. Uh, there are also the draconians and these are supposed to be the largest of the reptoids. They're sometimes 14 to 22 feet tall. They usually also have wings and they live off the fear and negative energy created by the races they subjugate. So they literally like eat bad vibes, man. <laughs> like that's, that's kind of the David Icke thing, like bad vibes, man. Uh, they're also known to be a hive based society and they're ruled over by an elite caste system of elders that never leave their home planet. According to some sources, this is why this is what gets weird to me is because the draconians and the elders, depending on who you read, they're the same. And then some people say the elders aren't on Earth, but then some people say they're in the subterranean thing. I feel like the whole draconian elders thing is like the distinction between the two is kind of a red herring because when you read certain dra draconian myths, it straight up sounds like Battlefield Earth. I don't know if you ever read that uh, L. Ron Hubbard book, but it's very similar to the Anunnaki story. These, these off-planet things come down and they subjugate people and they're trying to get gold to take back their planet, which is part of the original... Myth, L, right? L, L. Ron Hubbard, the same. The creator of Scientology. L. Ron Hubbard, who created Scientology and was involved with um, like sex magic and or yes. opening portals <laughs> for aliens. That L. Ron that Hubbard? That L. Ron Hubbard, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's a coincidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there's one other type, but I, I before we get into the, the third main type that I want to talk about, I realized I said uh, earlier some of these these origin stories and one of the ones I don't know if I brought this up is this idea that they didn't actually come from space that they didn't uh, there, there's no space travel really involved at all that they've always been here and that they've evolved 
separately simultaneous to humans. So because they live underground. Yeah. And that's also like some, some people say that with the grays and some people say that with this and that, but my favorite thing is that this theory was fully fleshed out in one of the greatest cinematic masterpieces of all time in 1993. And I'm sure you haven't seen it because you've never seen a movie. movie. So I'm just going to mean girls. I've seen mean girls. You've seen mean girls. So I'm just going to play the trailer and you tell me if you see the whole like, you know, underground reptiles evolving in a, in a Uh, 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 parallel to humans. Feeling we're not in Brooklyn no more. Luigi! Literally, the whole Mario movie takes place in an underground city that these plumbers find where reptoid humanoids like control these vast underground spaces. And I didn't even think about that till like 10 minutes before we went live. I was like, holy crap, this is the plot of the 1993 Mario or 1994 Mario Brothers movie. The universe. Get me the rock! Get it, lizard breath! They must rescue the princess. Anyway. (laughs) So, H.G. Wells, the time machine, has this storyline that, spoilers, there's a whole... a, a whole species of humans that evolve side by side to us. They're extra small because of living underground. And in my opinion, the entire storyline only existed so that he could write a romance between a grown man and someone who looked and a woman who looked like a child. But (laughs) I thought you were going to say a grown man and a lizard woman, like all of your uh, Barnes and Nobles trips. Okay. Barnes and Noble (laughs) does not, does not have enough reptilian romance for me. I need more dragon, more dinosaur, smut. Less, less gargoyle smut, less romancing his stone, things yes. like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Less, less <laughs> alien, ice barbarian, more <laughs> dinosaur. Come so on. They, they have the Nords, but they don't have the reptilians is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Underrepresented. Underrepresented. I mean, they've got, they've got Wendigos. Right. You can't give me. This sounds like reptilian? space racism to me. It, yeah, yeah. yeah. It is. It is. Deeply- we need more than thirteen percent representation of reptoids at the Oscars. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we need. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I think it's too spicy for the stream. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we should just save it, save it for the uh, the after party when we when we leave behind all the audio listeners. Just go over to Rumble and just chat with people. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, but so that, there's that idea of. Once you have evolution, the concept of somebody who evolved another race that evolved alongside humans that are similar to humans, I think came into vogue in literature. Yeah, absolutely. And there's there's storylines about it in Doctor Who as well of mm-hmm. underground race of I saw people in the chat bring up Doctor Who and I don't understand what the reference is. So <laughs> I've never seen Doctor Who. What is wrong with you? I don't know. I watched one episode and it was all right. And then I just never watched it again. <laughs> Okay. Maybe I'll do. We're maybe gonna, I'll maybe it. we might we might watch a season. Okay. All okay. right. So the third supposed reptoid type is going to probably surprise you. 
Some sources also consider the greys to be reptoids because they have reptilian DNA. Does any of this sound like does any of this reptile gray uh, stuff uh, starting to sound familiar? Who has reptilian DNA? Supposedly the greys. Oh, 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 okay. Okay, you mean you mean a race of people from another planet, maybe Nibiru, came to Earth, created avatars with partially their DNA. Yeah. Partially, that sounds yeah. like the Anunnaki. Yes, yes. It sounds like the Anunnaki, which I had no idea going into this, but according to David Icke, it's the same picture. He says that the the reptoids that he's talking about and the Anunnaki are the same thing, that the Nephilim and the Anunnaki, or the, the, ref, the Nephilim and... The, the reptoid humanoid hybrids, because that's the other type, right? Is that they have these hybrids between reptoids and humans. So they came down and slept with human women, like your smut books from Barnes and Noble, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> but they're Mine's underrepresented not. in the smut books. That's why you got to read David Icke because it's, it's, in, it's in there. Mine personally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just because so. I like to go see that what they are doesn't mean I read them, you guys. <laughs> whatever, whatever you got to tell the audience. <laughs> whatever you got to do to save face. Oh, my goodness. So. Um, yes. So is now a good time for an ad read? Yeah. Have an ad read. Okay. Let's do it. All right. So our good friend Freda teamed up with an organization called Freedom Alliance. Um, Freedom Alliance is a military support organization that supports combat wounded veterans and their families. Um, it has a focus on community and not just giving a handout, but making a lifelong connection with these families, genuinely helping them with the roots behind their needs, um, connecting combat veterans with other guys who have been in the same situations, who have experienced the same things, getting them, sharing their stories and healing together. Um, This uh, organization is super close to my heart. And if you do any digging at all on me, uh, you'll know why, but I can't overtly say <laughs> <laughs> work there and um so freda freda uh teamed up with freedom alliance to do this she she designed all of this patriotic merch and um this merch about like kindness and courage and she's doing a limited time um it's very limited time um run of this merch um and the proceeds are going to freedom alliance and freedom alliance has been super excited about this um I don't know how I would know this, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no idea. No, it no. comes up in the staff meetings a lot. They're very, they think it's the coolest thing. So um, if you like what you see, we've got this spill the tea hoodie. Um, all of her designs are on a variety of different shirts. Um, it's all very, it's all very cute. It's all very patriotic. Um, I love, I like it a lot. It's very Frida. And uh, there are some uh, of my, <laughs> I, I <laughs> like sassy gym tank tops, which are my favorite thing right now. So, um, yeah, check this out, support it. It won't be here for very much longer. I, it might just be one more week. Freedom. I will put it yeah. in the, uh, I'll put it in the description for people who are watching and listen to this later. You guys can go to bonfire.com slash store slash based dash boutique. Yes. And you can help support freedom Alliance and get a really cool patriotic shirt from our friend Frida. So, yes. All right, I want to get back into the grays because there's there's more stuff on this. So the Anunnaki, as you said, are said to have genetically modified the royal line of grays known as the Zetas. 
uh, with hu- and they did this with human DNA to make them look more human. This is according to the the reptilian conspiracy part. It's not really something we got into on the grays. We did talk about the difference possibly between the short grays and the tall grays. I think that this might be the tall grays. These because okay. according to this, these grays were installed as kings and pharaohs by the Anunnaki throughout mankind's history. Okay. And okay. on one of our unhinged episodes, we talked about these weird shaped skulls they found of like these elongated weird skulls that weren't quite human, but they were very real. Uh, so this is kind of the theory that those weird elongated skulls are coming from human uh, Anunnaki, human Nephilim hybrid, right? Or Nephilim are a human and angel or human watcher hybrid. So something like that, right? Um, but that's what these that's what these uh, Zetas were supposed to be. The other thing I found was these things called Draco Borgs, which I find very interesting because l- listen to this description. They're organic robots created by the reptilians and animated with fallen supernatural entities. By the way, Nephilim literally translates to the fallen. So my theory I've been putting out for a while now that the organic robot, you know, grays are being inhabited by Nephilim DNA is also supported by the whole reptilian crowd. When you get into the whole Draco Borgs thing, this is why you have to, this is what I'm learning of, of the things that I was like, that sounds too crazy. I don't want to listen to it. Or that's just another religion. I'm not going to listen to what they believe. You don't have to believe the things you listen to, but if you listen to what they're saying and it all of a sudden from the other direction corroborates, that's what we're that's what we're seeing over and over is the corroboration between all of these people coming at it from all these different angles. Some people come at it from the Anunnaki angle. Some people come at it from a reptilian angle. We come at it from a biblical angle with the Nephilim. But everybody's kind of saying the same thing, that there are these organic robots being inhabited by spirits from another place. They're lying about being from outer space. They've always been here and they're probably inhabited by the the, the spirits of some type of human deity hybrid it almost seems like the truth got divided up Mm -hmm. among people that that the framework for it is in christianity everything you need to put it together the the key to the puzzle and all and that's what's funny even the people like david ike who don't believe in the bible or people i mean all of these different people they're constantly referencing the bible for to make these things make sense right And you said it's almost like it got divided up. This goes back to another episode that we did where I kind of made the claim that like the reason we hear all these different flood myths coming from around the same time from in different languages, <laughs> could it be possible that when everybody got together and got divided up and spoke different languages and spread all over the earth, they're telling the same stories in mm-hmm. their language. Yeah. Uh, Tower of Babel is what I'm saying. Yeah. There's a concept deep in the philosophy of language that language literally carries truth. So the idea is if you could have one one language, you could unite all of the truth. And that yep. the reason the truth is so splintered is because language is splintered. Um, and so, and we see some of this in in some cultures don't have a concept for something that is true. Um, and and you have to. So there are cultures in deep Africa that do not have a concept for sacrifice. They right. don't have it. Um, it, it doesn't exist in their language. And so for you to tell them about it, you have to introduce a concept into their language and you have to give them a word for it. And you can mm-hmm. have to build that whole framework up. And I, I wonder about that with, with language and truth. Yeah. Yeah. And then one other thing I found in this is there's these supposed wars between different factions of reptilians. Okay. 
And according to some sources, there's these two groups. There's the group called the Orions, which are the ones who control the greys. So again, these underground reptilians made these organic robots to be inhabited by Nephilim spirits. That's the Orions. Okay. And then you have this other group called the Elohims, which are the oldest group of aliens in the universe. And here's what's interesting. Somebody actually pointed this out in chat. Got ahead of me a little bit. In Hebrew, the word seraph means burning and is often is used seven times throughout the text of the Hebrew Bible as a noun to denote serpent, like the burning bite of a serpent. So the word seraph is used interchangeable for serpent seven times in the Bible. It's twice in the book of Numbers, once in the book of Deuteronomy, and four times in the book of Isaiah. And I've often wondered why alien or why aliens, why angels, when they came to humans, always had to tell, tell them, do not be afraid. Is it possible that this one class of angelic beings actually look reptilian and it freaks the hell out of people? We know we know from the Bible itself that 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 angels are shapeshifters in a sense, right? Uh-huh. They they change into human form, they change how they look all the time, but here's the thing that it's probably going to upset people me saying this, but the fallen angel I don't understand the idea other than we have this old imagery, this old pagan imagery of angels with halos and demons uh-huh. and devils with horns. It's not biblical at all. I mean, it says that the, you know, uh Satan will transform himself into an angel of light and deceive you. So my thought is if the watchers, which we don't know what type of angels they are, are seraphim. And there are seraphim on both sides who look kind of reptilian fighting these wars. I don't know. It's just a thought. I found it very interesting. That maybe some of these uh, lizard people are are seraphim. You're telling me that when the Bible says, and the serpent came <laughs> and spoke to Eve, he was a seraphim angel. Yes, it, that it wasn't a mistake. That it wasn't right. like, ooh, why does it? Why does a snake talk? <laughs> yeah. Wow. It would also give him some kind of authority to be speaking to them if they were familiar with God's holy counsel. Yeah. It's an interesting thought anyway. And it wouldn't be weird. They wouldn't be like, why is this snake talking? Right, right. But you see C.S. Lewis, just C.S. Lewis's mythos has God creates animals and talking animals. Yeah. From the very beginning. And, uh, <laughs> right. Continue. All right. So let's get into David Icke a little bit. So David Icke is the guy who popularized the lizard people conspiracy theory. And he was a former soccer player and sports broadcaster. And he had this radical change in the mid nineteen or in in 1990 when he began wearing turquoise uh, turquoise tracksuit and saying things like this. Check this clip out. Uh, I don't oh, hold on, me. I had it muted. All these thousands of years. Well, now let me get this story right. The press claim that you claim to be the son of God. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Yes, you see, the thing is that uh, you see, it's, quite, it's quite funny, really. You know, 2,000 years ago, had a guy called Jesus sat here and said these same things, you would still be laughing. It's really, really funny that we've not really moved on that much. Um, there have been many missions, if you like, over the last 12,000 years to try to free the Earth from control by an, a force that is working against the Godhead. The Godhead is the basis of all love and wisdom and all the rest of it in the whole of creation. But there is another being, the Bible refers to it as Satan, the real name is Lucifer. 
who is trying to take over creation. And because of the very important part this particular planet plays in the whole, actually destroying this planet would be a major step forward in that direction. Then All right, so he keeps going on for a while, but I just wanted to see, did you, what did you catch? Like, did he remind you of anybody we've talked about in the past? Did he remind me of anybody? Yeah. Oh, I was stuck on the on the Lucifer thing. Well, yeah, I want to bring that up in a little bit, too. But did he like his whole idea of I'm just another messenger from the Godhead? Oh, oh, the the, the Same as Jesus. Yeah, right. From the Raelians, right? And this is this is so interesting because he, the, David Icke pushes a lot of the same ideas as Ryle. He's got this Gnostic oh. idea of Jesus. He was just another prophet in a line of, of many, many prophets. He has the same Anunnaki origins of the world, which was, you know, uh, the whole idea of Raelianism is that the Elohim was these alien scientists who came down and made people like him who were half alien and half uh, human and, and all this stuff. And he also has this message of, well, peace and love will save us from being destroyed. And they also conveniently both got their messages from a spiritual being. So in 1989, he began to feel, David Icke began to feel there was this presence following him. And in a hotel room in March of 1990, he finally shouted out loud, if there's anybody here, will you please contact me because you are driving me up the wall? Oh, wow. Days later, in a news agent's shop in in Ride, uh, he felt a force pull his feet to the ground and heard a voice guide him towards some books. And one of these books was called Mind to Mind, written in 1989 by Betty Shine, a psychic healer in Brighton. So Ike goes and visits Shrine four times, or Shine, four times. And during the third meeting on March 29th of 1990, Ike claims to have felt something like a spider's web on his face. And Shine told him that she had a message from him, for him, sorry, from Wang Yi Lee of the Spirit World. I'm sorry, I can't not laugh at that name. Wang Yi Lee of the spirit world. So apparently there's some dead Asian that really wants to talk to David Icke. Uh, And he'd been sent. So so the message that uh, Betty Shine gave him from Wang Yi Lee is that Icke had been sent to heal the earth. Uh, She said he would become famous but would face opposition and that the spirit was going to pass ideas to him, which he would speak about to others. He would write five books in three years. And in 20 years, a new flying machine would allow us to go to wherever we wanted (laughs) and time would have no meaning. And there would be earthquakes in unusual places because the inner earth was being destabilized by having oil taken from under the seabed. Okay. Half of this came true. (laughs) Why do so many of these religions involve a person saying, you cannot personally connect with God. You have to go through me. Right. God talks to me. God said, on this rock, I'll build my church. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go through me. And it's yeah. evil if you don't. Um, don't you dare try to have a personal relationship outside of the person who is getting the secret messages from God. What's and what else is interesting about this too is like I actually believe Ike and Rael a little bit on the fact that I think they had a real spiritual encounter. Yes. I think any rational person would look at this and go, 
you're talking to demons, bro. You're talking, bro. you're talking to, to something not good. Uh, but, but what's interesting is both him and Rael, they have this thing that I, I truly believe that some spiritual being spoke to them. And then they both are like, well, I can also fit my own thing in here a little bit because <laughs> yeah. this whole second half of this, he was part of the green party. He was like this super environmentalist of the 1980s. So he goes on with this message that, uh, you know, the whole world's going to be destroyed if we don't stop drilling for oil and all of these things. And he even gives like dates in 1991. He was saying by the end of this year, we're gonna have these massive earthquakes and these things are going to be destroyed and blah, blah, blah. Um, and in February of 1991, Ike visited this pre Incan burial ground near uh, Puno, Peru, I think. So I don't know how you say it. Uh, and in this place, he felt drawn to a particular circle of, of waist high stones. And as he stood in this circle, he had two thoughts. One, that people would be talking about this in 100 years and that it would be over when it rained, whatever that means. And like the flood again? I think so. Sir, Is that what sir, he's saying? Sir, God said he wouldn't flood the earth again. <laughs> But God told him that he would. That he would. Yes. It's over when it rains. Don't you have your flying car that takes you everywhere? Uh, um, that would have been 2010. Yeah. Should have had it like 13 us, years ago, bro. They've promised us flying cars. Back to the Future 2 lied to me. All we got was the Cubs winning the World Series. Who cares? That was I, wanted the, I wanted the flying skateboard. Anyway, I think the only reason we don't have, I think we have the technology. I think we, the only reason we don't have it is it's just too much to change the infrastructure that we have. There's too much money in our current system. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I mean, here's the thing. Did you know we had the, have you ever seen those floating platforms that we had in like the 1960s? When we get to the part later on the show, when we just chat with the audience, I'll pull it up and show people. There was literally these hover platforms that they developed for the army in the 1960s and they worked. Anyway, I mean, jetpacks have been around for a long time. You can find videos of them like just don't, Wait, nobody uses it. You mean there was technology we had in the 60s that we, we lost? We don't use anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wild. 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 Never heard right? that before. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Please continue. Uh, so anyway, he says uh, this whole thing would be over when it rained and then his body shook as though he p- was plugged into an electrical socket and he wrote uh, he wrote and new ideas poured into them into him. And then it started raining and the experience ended. He described it as the Kundalini activating his chakras, triggering a higher level of consciousness. And this guy like pulls from all of these different like new age sources and every religion he can for whatever piecemeal cult that he wants to build. And that leads me to this question. Why did he become a conspiracy author and lecturer instead of a cult leader? I mean, I don't know if that what you think, because it feels like he's turning himself into a cult leader. He, it's got a very interesting, similar story to Ryle in the beginning, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think I found the answer for that. And I think it's that he tried. Oh, I think he really did try to become a cult leader. So oh. hear this out. So he has this tur- <laughs> at this time. He starts wearing his turquoise uh, for all the good vibes, man. <laughs> and uh, here's just another picture of him in his. Oh, where did it go? Gosh, dang it. Oh, my. There's him in his turquoise tracksuit. And he would explain to people, you know, like if you wear this color, it puts good energy out into the world and it brings in good things. (laughs) That's what he believed. Um, And he had his he had other people around him wearing these same turquoise tracksuits. Very, very culty. And he starts writing all these books as he was prophesied to do. And he says that he did this through automatic writing where he would just sit down and not look at the page and start writing. Right. And this is very common phenomenon, demon possession. Uh, 
Uh, this is also where he was told that he was the son of the Godhead. And I'm going to explain that more later because it's important to the story. But let's stick with the cult stuff for now. So he starts this thing that's known as the turquoise triangle, which is my favorite in August oh. of <laughs> in August of 1990. Before his visit to Peru, Ike met Deborah Shaw, an English psychic based in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And when he returned from Peru, they began a relationship with the apparent blessing of Ike's wife. And in March of 1991, Shaw began living with the couple in this short-lived arrangement that the press called the turquoise triangle. So what does any good cult leader do? He convinces his wife that he is the son of God and needs more wives. And he did. And he did it. I I used to think it was just a power thing that like a man with that much power behind him would just do that. Use it for that. But what if it's a feature, not a bug? What if it like the religion needs it? Yeah. There would be lots of women. I, yeah, that makes sense. I feel like, I feel like part of it's just the fact that, uh, you know, I wonder if it's more of a motivating factor to start a cult because they see other uh, people do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. how can I convince my wife to have a threesome? I know God <laughs> told me God that we needed to have a threesome with this smoking hot oh Canadian God. psychic chick. I don't know if she was hot. Um, <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably not. You see David Ike? <laughs> Um, <laughs> he's anyway, sorry, I can't fit. look at the I can't look at the turquoise tracksuit anymore. He's a weirdo, but he's reasonably fit, and he's what he's got money, right? Now, well, I guess he did. Then he was a sports broadcaster on BBC. Yeah, she was probably hot. She was probably hot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it gets even more culty here. Shaw yeah. changed her name to Mary Shawson, while Ike's wife became Michaela, which she said was an aspect of the archangel Michael. Uh, but all this seemed to come to a very abrupt end after that Wogan interview, which was the first time that he went from being the sports broadcaster on the BBC to being this weird, uh, son of the Godhead. So that was on a, t- the one I showed a minute ago was on the t- a TV show called Wogan, the Wogan show. <laughs> and despite them have, so despite all this, after the Wogan show, this kind of falls apart. And after they break up, he has a daughter or she, they, she was already pregnant. She gives birth to a daughter of his that he only ended up seeing one time in his whole life, apparently. So the question that comes to my mind is what caused him to move away from this clear trajectory into cult leader? Okay. Okay. And it's not that he didn't develop a following because in May of 1991, the police were called to his home after a crowd of over 100 people gathered outside chanting. We want the Messiah. Give us a sign. So just one interview and he's got people crowding around his house believing he's the Messiah. So it's not that it's not like that was Rael's problem in the beginning. He could only get like comic book nerds to show up to his sex cult. And then he had to like change the stuff around to like actually get women to show up. Um, but he gave an, I think he gave a pretty good answer for this in the 2001 interview with John Ronson. He said, quote, one of my very greatest fears as a child was being ridiculed in public And there it was coming true as a television presenter. I'd been respected. People come up to you in the street and shake your hand and talk to you in a respectful way. And suddenly overnight, this was transformed into Ike's a nutter. I couldn't walk down the street in Britain without being laughed at. It was a nightmare. My child or my children were devastated because their dad was a figure of ridicule. So I want to show just another part of this interview. I don't know why it did that. Let me reload it again. Uh, 
Let's see. Should be right here. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that to be hurtful. I don't want you to misinterpret it. They're not laughing in sympathy with you. No. Let me say two things to that. Oh, sorry. I think I think the word is gobsmacked. But again, again, you know the best way of removing negativity is to laugh and be joyous. So I'm delighted that there's so much laughter in the audience tonight. But no, um, it's a... But just let, just let me, just let me say this. They're laughing at you. They're not laughing with you. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> yeah. Not, not probably the response he wanted. And even Wogan said later on he felt kind of bad. I don't think he should feel bad at all. But he said he felt bad because he's not usually that harsh to his guests. But he uh, just, like, ridiculed the crap out of this Yeah, guy. good. Right, exactly. Good, right? Um, so, I mean, the point has been made that... Sorry. The point... <laughs> someone, bless, <laughs> someone bless me. Um, the point has been made that the reason we have so many terrible ideas in today's society is that we did not sufficiently mock them, that we, we <clears throat> met them like they were serious ideas and, and we debated them seriously instead of just mocking the shit out of them. Yeah. Thank you. Answered Seder. Yeah. Also Zeph Primus with a $10 chat over on rumble. Thank you so much. Says you yeah. guys are the best. If you guys want to get in your chats, we are going to go to the end of this. If you get any uh, super chats or rumble rants, whatever they're called, and we'll make sure to read all of those and Absolutely. read through as many memes as we can get to on Odyssey at the end of this. But yeah, no, I just, I think this guy was going to be a cult leader and he just couldn't handle being made fun of. Yeah. He went from, he went from being famous to being a cult leader instead of the other way around. Like he was already famous and then he became a cult leader instead of becoming a cult leader to get famous. Right. Yeah. Be. Yeah. So he had good fame and then he had bad fame and it, yeah. it just couldn't handle it, I guess. Right. Yeah. That's fair. That makes Poor sense. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. I don't feel bad for this guy. Uh, so I want to get back to his, his reptilian theory. So he, he believes that an interdimensional race of reptilian beings called the Archons have hijacked the earth and are stopping humanity from realizing its true potential. And what's interesting about David Icke is that I've listened to like hours long lectures from this guy. He does 10 hour long lectures, by the way, which is incredibly long to stand up there and talk to a crowd. But he does these pretty regularly, these long 10 hour lectures, for thousands of people. And in it, he says a lot of stuff that I actually agree with. And I, I want to get back to the stuff I agree with him on later but I feel like in a way it's kind of a, it's kind of a subtle way. Like if you give a, if you give a 10 hour long lecture and I, and someone agrees with 80% of it, that's eight hours of content from someone that you're sitting there nodding along going, yeah, no, this guy's, this guy's on it. This guy's right. Mm -hmm. And then there's maybe two hours where you're like, eh, I don't know. But that, I feel like that, I feel like that is a way to change people's perception of you. I think he's very crafty in the way that he mm -hmm. does this stuff because he went from, saying nutball stuff and wearing turquoise and calling himself the son of God to doing pretty basic conspiracy theorist talks on mm -hmm. a lot of things that most of us would agree on and then bringing in this alien reptoid stuff, which is interesting. And then there's the weird stuff, but we'll get into that in a minute. So he also claims that uh, again, these are the same beings as the Anunnaki. They're deities from the Babylonian creation myth and fallen angels or watchers who made it with human women. He says it pretty openly. He doesn't like try to say, oh, this is different somehow. He just says, no, the Bible talks about these, the Sumerians talk about these, and he goes through all these different snake worshiping cults throughout all of history. And there's, there's a ton of them. I'm not going to get into all of them, but reptile worship, as I said, has been around for literally thousands of years. It didn't just come out of some guy's brain in, 19, in 1929. 
And he also believes that a genetically modified human archon hybrid race of shape-shifting reptilians known as the Babylonian Brotherhood or the Illuminati manipulate global events to keep humans in constant fear so the archons can feed off of their negative energy that this creates. I feel like what happens is there's their whole vocabulary yeah. and it sounds ridiculous. Yes. And then you compare it to the Bible vocabulary and the Bible structure and you're like, oh, it's literally the same thing. Pretty much in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways it is. Well, no, it's the same, but it's opposite. Yes. And that's yeah. what I want to get into, right? Because I feel like I keep bringing up archons and he calls them archons. We, t- we call them archons on our, our Grays episode and we've talked about Gnosticism, but I know a lot of people don't know what that means. But David Icke is, is not shy at all about, again, saying, I mean, he doesn't say this openly all the time, but he does enough that he is a Gnostic. He believes in the Gnostic religion. He found a lot of his ideas after the Nag Hammadi was discovered in 1945, and he draws inspiration from the Gnostic texts. So because he's his whole worldview is very clearly Gnosticism, I think we need to go through just a brief, small idea of, of what Gnosticism is because it's going gonna, it's gonna to be important. So Gnosticism originated in the late first century, and it offered secret knowledge that took you beyond what the disciples were teaching about Jesus and Christianity in the Old Testament. So kind of like you pay us some money, we'll give you some secret knowledge, you join our cool club. Right. And it was kind of like one of the older, I shouldn't say original because there's been secret societies forever, but it's one of the older, you know, like secrets. Uh, it's kind of like how Scientology works. Have you ever watched like Leah Romini's, um, Leah Romini's, uh, documentary about Scientology and how it's really for the rich and the elite because they have to pay so much money and become so indoctrinated before they receive more and more of the texts. I've heard that. Yeah. That it's very much like a barrier to it's not, like Bohemian Grove. It, yeah. And not all Gnostic teachers were like that, but it does seem mm-hmm. to have happened a lot with these Gnostic texts is it was oh. like, uh, you know, pay us and we'll give you what the Bible was really talking about, you know? Um, and, and it's very tricky in the same way that David Icke is tricky because it goes side by side. It parallels the Bible for like 80% of the time. And then it just divulges wildly in these super important ways. And I feel like that is a, it's a tactic of getting people who would not agree with you if you told them what you were really about by agreeing with them 80% of the time and then kind of veering them further and further and further into something that they don't agree with. Wait, you mean like, like a that, cult? <laughs> you mean like that guy who who's like, says a bunch of really base stuff about men and feminism and empowerment for men and how yeah, do you and then tells you to start an OnlyFans with your girlfriends. Yeah, that yeah. Andrew Tate. Yeah, that guy. So this it's is the same thing. So much. Yeah. In our society. People say the and things. You see, how, see how effective it is though? It's so effective. They say something that most people aren't saying or most people aren't saying like that. And they say it with the physical attributes to back it up. They tell you how to be a man with the with the body and with the money and with all of that stuff. Because it's one thing mm-hmm. for Ben Shapiro to say it, but he's not jacked, and right. it just doesn't have the same impact. Um, wow. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so the creation myth. This is uh, this is where it wildly diverges from the, where it starts to wildly diverge. So in the beginning, you had the monad or the one consciousness. This was a supreme being of the one. And the supreme being of this one consciousness was this hermaphroditic being called the Barbalo. And I mean that literally male and female it steals a lot from Plato. So if you're familiar with Plato's original idea of, of men and women, they were connected and then they were separated. 
And some people, especially Gnostics, like to say, oh, well, the Bible supports this. It says that Eve came from Adam's rib. That means they were connected to the side and they were split apart. Literally doesn't say that. I mean, there's other texts that tells you that's not what it's saying. Like, hey, I, I, you know, talks about Adam being lonely and things like that. Like this idea that he needed another creation, not that he was connected to Eve and they just like split in half. Right. But that's the the platonic idea. And that's where a lot of Gnosticism takes its cues is from Plato, from Pythagoras. Uh, it's not a Christian thing at all, but some people like to say it is. Uh, so you have this monad, the Barbalo, this hermaphroditic consciousness. And every time that bar- the Barbalo has a thought, it creates a being or thought form called an aeon. This is also what David Icke's constantly talking about is that we literally create things through thoughts. This is like the original idea of like tulpas and things like that, like a thought form created. And each one of these thought forms had a male and female pair. So there's supposedly 24 aeons of, of all these different aspects of the Barbalo. And Sophia was the female half of wisdom. And one day she had a thought of her own as women are not supposed to do. Damn it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's the, the joke. It's I might have. I might have had one or one or two. You had a thought without talking yeah. to your husband. Oh, man. Well, apparently this doomed all of society. Sophia had a thought of her own without uh, without her feet, her male pair, the, uh, Theolotus. And this created the Demiurge, also known as Yelda Boeth, who she then kicked out of this heavenly astral realm, kind of like, I don't want people to see that I had a baby out of wedlock, I guess, or whatever that would be. Uh, a thought baby out of... <laughs> I don't know, man. So she, <laughs> so she leaves it on the porch of an orphanage. Uh, Yelda Boeth. <laughs> I love how in mythology, when you mind fuck, you can actually make a baby. <laughs> yes, yes. But this okay, was... Right. This was like uh, mind masturbation, though. So, oh, <laughs> so. <laughs> Zeus did it too. Athena is a yeah. baby of Zeus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. So, yeah. <laughs> what were you going to say? No, that's, that's it. That's all I wanted. That's all I had to add. Okay. So Yelda Boeth was. <laughs> uh, the stuff you only get on Conspiracy Pill. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yelda both went on to create the world that we live in now. So he was not able to be able to be a part of the, the one consciousness and he wanted to create his own thing. So he used his archons or Elohim to create the world that we live in. But since he was a bad God and therefore, therefore all the physical realm is vile and we have to escape this physical realm and become fully spirit beings to ascend to the highest heaven and become like gods. This is literally Mormonism, by the way, uh-huh, it's the uh-huh. same thing. It's the yeah. same thing. Because the Mormon eschatology is that you, you, if you're a guy, you get, your, you get to be God of your own planet. Yes. And if you're a girl, you get to have babies for eternity and populate the planet. And Gnosticism yeah. is the biggest thing in conspiracy circles right now. Like so many conspiracy podcasts are just openly Gnostic. They believe this myth. They believe that they can become gods and they believe that we literally live on a prison planet and have to escape it by becoming entirely spiritual. This flat domed prison planet. Sorry. Flat earth is a part of, of this, by the way, that's where it comes from. It's not a Christian wow. idea. No, it is a Gnostic idea. Um, but people again, like Gnosticism think that it's the same thing and it's just not. Uh, and here's where wa- another place wa- where it wildly diverges besides the fact that God is evil and he's the villain of the Bible. And the reason the old Testament is only 20% true. Does this remind you of anybody again? Rael. Oh, the old, the old Testament, it's, it's got parts that are true, but because 
Abraham didn't know or Moses didn't know these things about God. He wrote it wrong because he just didn't know the whole truth, right? Like that's the idea of Gnosticism. So Jesus was not the son of God or Yaldabaoth. He was an emissary of the Barbalos and he was conceived uh, He was conceived of as having two aspects, a male half identified as the son of God and a female half where he, I, this is so weird. It's, it says also called Sophia. And I think that in the story, Sophia, the mother of Jesus is also his other half and they're together a deity. It's weird, right? Okay. okay. Sophia, yeah. Anyway, Sophia, the mother of God is also a deity. Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> the mother With Jesus. Yes. of Jesus. In well, the, the mother of God. The, is the mother, sorry, the mother of God. The, yeah, Yaldabaoth, but also the female half of Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Okay, cool. So, he's the son of the Godhead. This is what, this is what David Icke is talking about. Okay. And weirder yet, he was also a hologram that never existed here physically. Jesus was a hologram who never existed here physically. And this is kind of David Icke's other big thing is that you see those videos, and we'll play some in a minute, of these kind of shapeshifter things happening where someone looks like a person and they don't. And he says that's because they're all vibrations. It's all new agey. Again, he mixes Hinduism and Gnosticism and Buddhism and everything he can Christianity when it suits him and that it's all vibrations, man. And <laughs> that uh, once in a while, the vibrations are off and they, and the, the hologram illusion slips and we see the thing. Now, the, what's interesting to me is I don't think he's entirely off on this either because there is this idea that we don't, he, he talks a lot about how we don't see everything. We see a very physical realm and that there's other realms beyond it and that it, certain things can open our eyes to this. This is a biblical concept as well with like Ezekiel or, or Elijah. I mean, Elijah having his eyes open to see the worlds that really is and not just. So you kind of, it's also they live. I think he gets it from that. I've never seen that movie though. Have you? I feel like as a conspiracy theorist, I'm supposed to see it. But like when you get the point, I don't know if I really want to sit through two hours of Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah. But I'm like, I get it. He puts on the sunglasses. He sees that lizard people control the world. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) I get it. (laughs) So this is this is David Icke's whole Gnosticism thing. And I want to I want to say again, I do like a lot of what David Icke has to say. And I want to give you some of the things that I like and, and where I think he's wrong. So he says that lizard people Uh, The lizard people elites goal or their great work of the ages is a microchipped population, a one world government, a global Orwellian fascist state or new world order, which claims to be in a post truth era where freedom of speech is ended. I pretty much agree with all of that. Like that does seem like the goal of the elites, right? Yeah, for sure. Right. And in 1990, what does that mean? No, no, like, like absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's expl- it's okay. Yeah, please continue. In 1999, he wrote, quote, thus we have the encouragement of wars, human genocide, the mass slaughter of animals, sexual perversion, which create highly charged negative energy, the black magic ritual and sacrifice, which takes place on a scale that will stagger those who have not studied the subject. Uh, he also proposes that human sacrifice to the gods in the ancient world was for the reptilians benefit, especially sacrifices of children because at the moment of death by sacrifice, a form of adrenaline surges through the body, accumulating at the base of the brain, which is apparently more potent in children, i.e. adrenochrome, claiming this is what the reptilians and their crossbreeds want. He suggests that these sacrifices continue to this day 
And he also claims that reptilians and their hybrid bloodlines engage in pedophilia and cannibalism. Again, uh-huh. I not finding uh-huh. a lot of that I'm disagreeing with in, in this. Uh-huh. 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 Right. Okay, so this is kind of this is is this the beginning of the crossover between the QAnon stuff and the reptilian stuff? It, the QAnon has borrowed a lot of the David Icke's reptilian stuff, but again, like even though well, we've talked about QAnon at length before, but like just because QAnon says it doesn't mean they're wrong, and that's actually how it works, right? Is they say stuff that's true, and then they use that to then the stuff that's not true discredits the things that are true, right? Are they saying that because it seems like the idea behind adrenochrome is that theoretically it is something that biologically affects human beings like that, that biologically the adrenalized blood of children is an anti-aging yes agent and stimulant to human adults. I think according to David Icke, though, it's not it's to lizard people. Okay, so he's, he's saying it only has an effect on lizard people supposedly. And he also talks about another concept we've talked about in this when we're talking about the, the crossbreeds, right? What do they call them? Nephilim or whatever is that there are groups of people who have this dormant Nephilim DNA and that by satanic ritual abuse and other things, they're trying to wake up these small bits of, of norm of dormant DNA reptilian DNA. He would call it his thing gets weird though, because he says that, that the, region where the Nephilim were created was the Caucasus mountains. And that is the Caucasians who are all (laughs) reptilians. I don't know. So you're, if you're white, you're a reptile. (laughs) Well, I am white. Oh no. (laughs) You're all anti-white racism is coming from this British guy. I love it. (laughs) You know, what's funny. Nobody, nobody knocks him on being anti-white racist, but they'll claim he's like anti-Jewish racist, which I'm I'm sure he is in parts. I haven't listened to everything he said, but like a lot of times he'll explain that and he'll be like, no, I'm not saying that Jews are bad. He has said stuff that's wrong, but he'll say, I'm not saying Jews are bad. I'm saying there are, there are certain elites who are Jewish, who are evil. I'm talking about the Rothschilds and he's still, you know, it's all again. It's like talking about George Soros. You can't say George Soros without being called anti-Semitic. So I feel for him on that at least. But my point is he's like very explicitly calling white people, <laughs> lizard people. And I, I take offense to that. So <laughs> he also attributes uh, all of this to this largely satanic cabal of reptilian worshipers. And one of the favorite examples that he gives is Stanley Kubrick's death. Are you familiar with like the, the circumstance around Kubrick's death? It's, it's suspicious, but I'm not. Okay. So we'll probably do a full episode on this at some point, but I'll sum it up here is because he likes to talk about it a lot. And I think it's important. He says that the movie eyes wide shut is this movie about uh, it is a movie about uh, this doctor who kind of winds up witnessing the satanic sex cult and kind of getting involved in it and on the edges and it's weird and there's intrigue and there's murder and there's all this stuff. And it's the most disturbing movie I've ever watched, like spiritually, like unsettling movie I've ever watched in my life. And when he took this to the people who are going to put the movie out, they took out 15 to 25 minutes, depending on which time he tells a story. Sometimes it's 15, sometimes it's 25, but he's like, I have a source that tells me that they cut a certain portion of this movie out and then he died before the movie came out, which is true. He did die of a supposed heart attack between him finishing the movie and the movie's release. And many, many, many people have said there is a huge portion of this movie that's cut out. And what you see is already pretty freaking like weird. It goes into like this just satanic sex cults, human worship or human sacrificing things that the elites are into. 
And the idea is that Stanley Kubrick was trying to expose these people and he got killed for it. What's interesting about this is many people will claim that the cult that it is taking its rituals from, the ideas from in this movie, is called the Priory of Scion. Yes, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the, the Da Vinci Code. Yes, they're the Gnostic cult that believes that Jesus had an affair with Mary Magdalene and they want to keep this secret, and right? the concept of the divine feminine. Yes. And where does the idea that Jesus had sex with Mary Magdalene come from? It comes from the Gnostic Gospel of Philip. It comes from the Gnostic Apocrypha of John. It is Gnostic. They are Gnostic cults. And I will we'll do more on this in the future because I'm not going to try to explain it all right now. But I believe that the Illuminati, the Freemasons, the Prayer of Sion, all of these groups for thousands of years have been carrying these Gnostic secrets. And so I find it interesting that someone who's so into Gnosticism, his biggest enemy are the people who believe in Gnosticism. Anyway, you know what else is weird? Like we didn't have the Gnostic texts in, until 1945 with the, with the Nag Hammadi. Mm-hmm. And in, we'll, we'll just go off on the Da Vinci Code thing for a minute. In that book, he kind of makes this case, and I've been studying it recently. It's a pretty compelling case that the whole uh, grail, the holy grail thing, was never a, a cup that uh, Jesus drank from. That was like a Catholic reinterpretation of it. It's If you read the original stuff, that's not what it's talking about. Um, and it's, it literally calls the thing that it's hiding Sophia in some of these texts, the wisdom of, of Gnosticism, essentially, right? Mm. I just, I, crazy theory. Did they find the Holy Grail? Is that what the Nag Hammadi is? Is it the Holy Grail? Is it all of the secrets about Jesus having sex with Mary Magdalene? Not the real secrets, but these Gnostic texts that they believe are these secrets that the Freemasons and all of these cults have been hiding and guarding for thousands of years. Was the Nag Hammadi the, the Holy Grail? Yeah. Found in Egypt in 1945? Yeah. Because the idea is that it's not a cup. It's knowledge. It's Gnostic knowledge. They Yeah. Anyway, I think it could be. Holy crap. I think the, I think the Holy Grail was found like a long time ago. Um, that's a side tangent. Anyway. <laughs> so worse than just having false doctrine uh, th- that he slips into his 10-hour lectures, I think that he is one of the snake worshipers, worshipers himself in a way. The same people that he's saying are worshiping Satan, worshiping the snake, doing all these things. Because in Gnosticism, this is where it eventually gets to, the biblical serpent of the Garden of Eden is praised and thanked for being the for bringing knowledge, Gnosis, to mm-hmm. Adam and Eve and thereby freeing them from the malevolent Demiurge's control. Literally, when you get deep enough into Gnosticism, you will realize that their savior is a serpent liberator. And it's seen in the most famous of Gnostic icons which is, hold on, let me pull it up on screen. The serpent with a lion's head. That is the icon of Gnosticism. He roams about like a, like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Yeah. That lion? Yeah. So my point in all this is David Icke, like this is, why, this is why it's important, not just that people are agreeing on the facts, right? Like we're agreeing with different people that there was something that made it with human people, had these hybrid off-breeds, uh, all this stuff, right? But people are talking about it from the Anunnaki way and they're coming at it. For, they're, they're getting a different end game of it. They're coming at from the Gnostic way and they're worshiping serpents. There's people worshiping the Anunnaki. My point is, it's not just that we're all agreeing. I think it actually matters the, the lens that you filter this through. Your, your belief system 
matters because in the end, I might agree with David Icke on a lot of what he's saying. I might be against the Freemasons. I might think, yes, these stories are true in a sense, but I'm not worshiping a lion-headed serpent at the end of the day. Okay, so we've, we've said it before, and I think we should say it again. Mm-hmm. Gnosticism is not a cult. It is not a religion. It is the cult. It's the counter-religion, and it always has been. The, the original sin was eating from the tree of knowledge of yeah. good and evil. It, it has always been from, from the ancient Sumerian myths, which are the earliest ones about the Anunnaki and uh, all of this, and then the, gro- the growing up of Gnosticism, all the pantheons, everything we've seen, it is, it's all the same picture. It's all the worship of this false knowledge and an inverting of what it is that the Bible says. Exactly. I think, I think I, I, there's certain things I harp on a lot and I don't mean to just keep coming back to them. But it's because I truly believe that Gnosticism is the great end times deception. We've seen how Rael has used it to say all religions are the same way. And we'll, we'll get into an episode about Klaus Schwab and how he's a Gnostic believer who also has all these symbolisms that say, Hey, one world religion, all these religions coming together except Christianity surprisingly, right? Like all yeah. these, all these religions are true. Just don't believe that one. And David Icke is very anti-Christian. He, he's a Gnostic who's very anti. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> So yeah, I think it matters. I think it matters. Um, but I want to I want to end this by talking about is he right in a sense? What like do lizard people, nephilim, watchers, demons, whatever you want to call them, control the world in certain ways? And there's all these clips online, and I'm hesitant to play some of them for certain reasons that will become apparent later. But I just want to kind of go through. Uh, and kind of build a case on some of the more convincing idea that there really are some type of reptile worshipers controlling the world in some sense. Okay. So the first, oh, go ahead. Can I clarify what you're proving is not that the reptiles exist. It's that the people who worship the reptiles exist. I, I, well, it's both, isn't it though? In a way. I mean, if you think about it, like it is, but it, but what, but you're going at it from the second angle. Proving that they're being worshipped. Michael Brownlee. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to play that video already. Well, I think we'll get into it. But like again, if if we're saying that the Anunnaki, the Watchers, and the Reptoids are the same thing, mm-hmm. then I then I believe they exist. Yeah. Um. Okay. So it's both. It's both. But yeah, okay. no. Let's go with that angle first before I play these videos. So there's this LA Times article. I'll share this with you really quick. From probably drop YouTube. Can we drop YouTube? Oh, can we not? Yeah. So guys, we're. I just messaged the. Um, we we're using a new program called EV Mux. The reason we've been keeping our stuff up on YouTube, uh, we said we weren't going to, and we still plan on it. They're working on that feature. It's not working right now. Oh. I messaged them again. They messaged me back. So. Uh, if you guys are watching this on YouTube, you really should come to rumble because it's not going to be the full show is not going to be on YouTube for very long. Either they'll delete us or we'll be able to go back to dropping the show a half hour in. But uh, yeah, the full show, you can get it on rumble. That's the best way you can come over to conspiracypill.locals.com. You can go to Rockfin. You can come to Odyssey. Um, but like right now, we just don't have the ability and we're working with the team at EVMux to be able to drop off YouTube halfway through. So that way we don't put up stuff like this. It's definitely going to get our videos taken down anyway. Uh, and just YouTube sucks. So anyway, uh, I want to go to this article first from the LA Times. 
and it's uh, from, let me see, when is this from? 1934. And it says, did strange people live under sight of Los Angeles 5,000 years ago? And it goes into this guy who started doing these x-ray of the ground and finding these massive tunnels that he was mapping out underneath Los Angeles. And a lot of people point to this because it talks about lizard people. There's these gold tablets they find that, that talk about lizard people, that there's this Native American they bring in who's telling them that, yes, this is where the underground lizard people live. And when you really read through the article, by the end of it, you're finding out they didn't actually prove that lizard people lived here. They proved that a cult of lizard-worshipping people literally built underground tunnels underneath L.A., that's true. So a lot of people will say, oh, well, see, this doesn't prove that lizard people live in tunnels under the ground. But I'm like, it does prove something, though. It does prove there's something to these underground lizard worshiping people, whether there was lizard people there or not. I think there right. probably was. It proves something. I also find it interesting. That there's two golden tablets because that also is Mormonism. And now I'm wondering if Joseph Smith got golden tablets from the lizard people. I don't know. Well, I, I all, all the cults are the same picture, right? That, yeah, that and he was a he was a free he was a high level Freemason yeah. before he created Mormonism. So he just stole all the Gnostic ideas from Freemasonry and put them into to Mormonism, so he could have like thirty wives. He's like David Ike if David Ike wasn't a pussy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's, a ver- there's a verse. Um, it's it's Galatians one eight to twelve. It says, "But even if we or an angel from heaven." preach any other gospel yes. to you than what we've preached to you. Let him be cursed as we have said before. So now I say again, I've said it before and I'll say it again. If say it again. Any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be cursed. If anyone comes to you and says, well, actually it's different from mm-hmm. what it says in the Bible. Something's changed. You got it wrong. If even if an angel from heaven comes and tells you, the Bible addressed this directly because he God knew it was going to happen. God knew that that beautiful angels were going to come down and talk to men. Well, on the, this is the thing when we say that like David Ike was talked to by a demon. I mean that's not technically true if if we go with the interpretation of demons being the departed spirit of Nephilim, right? As as Enoch calls them. But what is true is that an angel came down and talked to him. Yeah. But I believe it was a fallen angel. It's preaching a different gospel. It's doing exactly what Paul said. If an angel comes to you and preaches a different gospel, this Gnostic gospel where Jesus is a hologram who who somehow also had sex with a woman, uh, which again, makes sense of that. Uh, yeah, then I think he is talking to possibly one of these seraph angels and it's giving him a false different doctrine because that's what, you know, it says a third of the heavenly host fell. Yeah. But I don't think they looked at it. I don't. I think that that's a. I think that that's a modern idea that angels have halos, which, by the way, come from Egyptian sun discs. It's definitely not it's a thing. It's, it's pagan. pagan. It's so pagan. Yes. It's at some point when when a religion that grew up in the midst of all this mythology is originally super persecuted, and then suddenly joins forces with the with the political pagan power. king of the region. Yeah. And then magically starts putting all of this pagan symbolism and pagan artwork and theologies into its teaching and then saying, you can't be saved unless you believe this. You can't be saved until unless you make this extra biblical theology your entire personality. Something is up with that. 
That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. So I want to go through some, some of these videos really quick. So there's all these different aspects that lizard people supposedly control. And the first one I'm going to talk about is the media. So here's a video. Jews control the media. Please go on. Well, so that's what people say is they say that David Icke saying lizard people is code word for the Jews. <gasps> You've heard it before. It's it was that whole pyramid from TikTok of dangerous conspiracy theories. It's almost like how when when you have a community, mm-hmm. you're more likely to get a job, you know, under people, you know, in the community that you're in. So when you're in a tight knit religious ethnic community, it's almost like that community might kind of dominate certain certain industries. And that's completely fine and normal. Well, yeah, but that's the thing is like, we're not even saying it's Jews. That's, that's what they're saying. We're saying, and it's, oh. it's, they use it to shut us down. Right. They'll, cause I don't, I'm not sure. Again, I'm not going to defend David. Like he's probably said some racist crap. I think he was a Holocaust denier at one point. Oh boy. Um, but my point is like, if you say anything, they will say that's code word for the Jews or that's a racist dog whistle. And it's like, no, I'm literally talking about, you know, entities that came down and had sex with you. That's not the Jews. Anyway, so <laughs> they control the media. Not the Jews. Not the Jews. <laughs> not the Jews. The reptiles control the media. Here, here's a, a interesting video on that. Oh, shoot. What just happened? There we go. Reporter for the LA branch has a history of potentially transforming a point that seemingly rejects the theory it's due to compression issues. However, the most infamous transformation came when the cameraman, apparently aware of Brownlee's emerging real form, turned the camera away for no reason. Now, you, we talk about the mother's arrest, but the mother says that her 16-year-old daughter, the victim in this case, was also arrested here back on September 18th. Now, keep in mind, this is the family story, their account of what they see happened here on campus earlier this month. Unfortunately, we weren't able to reach the school district for comment, but keep in mind, a mother and daughter baffled over how a celebration... Right, it's weird, right? Like, his face looks like it's slipping this, yeah. this mask, and he it's looks not, reptilian underneath. It's not a Photoshop? Well, that's the thing is like I was hesitant to play any of these because I don't know what's real and what's fake because it's the Internet and people can right. do stuff. So case in point, uh, let's check out this video of Bill Hader. I don't know if you've seen this one. This is really interesting. So it's like, you know, all these heavyweights like, you know, you know, Ben Stiller, Jack Black, Robert Downey Jr. Everybody and at the end is like me, like, you know, like, hey. Happy to be here, guys. <laughs> you know, like, and uh, some other supporting guys. And then, uh, and then Tom Cruise walks oh in. And even those guys are like, whoa. And he's see it? super stoked to be there. <laughs> you know, just like, yeah, oh, Sorry. boom. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> he's like, wow. <laughs> he's just immediately. So did, I don't know if you caught that or not, but he when starts he starts talking look- about Tom Cruise, he like all Tom of a sudden Cruise. looks like Tom Cruise. Yes. In a way that's like uncanny and weird. So keep watching. It goes. It goes yeah. more excited um, <laughs> <laughs> when he walks into a room. And uh, and uh, so he comes over and he sits next to me. And I think he had been briefed on some of the mm-hmm. supporting guys, but uh, he was like trying to place me, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so he sat down next to me. And he's like, I uh, so just did it again, right? <laughs> like that's not I Bill Hader's work. face. <laughs> <laughs> And I went, oh, thanks. Uh, I love your work too, <laughs> Tom Cruise. <laughs> you know, like, thanks. <laughs> and, uh, 
And uh, I go, yeah, you know, I'm friends with Judd Apatow and Seth Rogen, and they went to your house. He went, yes, yes, yes. I, uh, they did come to my house. And, and, I, and I said, uh, Seth Rogen was like, you know, it was amazing. He has like, a, you know, a bike track in his backyard. All right, and that's where it gets weird, right? It's like the Seth Rogen one. It's like, what? The face like, is very more obviously transformed in that. Now, I found this incredibly compelling, and this is why I was hesitant to share these things, because this is a deep fake. Of course it is. But it's so it subtle. It's so oh. subtle that I believed it the first time I saw it. I was like, is he either so such a good actor that right. he's, his mannerisms very changed perfect. that well? Oh, or does he, re- does he really shapeshift into Tom Cruise and Seth Rogen? And apparently it's a deep fake from some guy called control delete. So you're able to find that on the internet. So that's again, I, I'm not going to play a ton of these for that reason, but I have some more compelling evidence to go on. I just wanted to kind of go through these. So you can see this, this article here, by the way, uh, watch Bill Hader become Tom Cruise, Seth Rogen, eerie deep fake video. And it tells you the guy who made it and all that Uh, question here. Mm -hmm. Because we always say, I, I want to just pause everybody for just a second because I think this is really important. The question is always, is this real evidence of the supernatural or is this a fake? And then you say, this is a deep fake. This is AI. This is at some point, what's the difference? At some point, aren't we, when do we admit that something about our technology is deeply wrong and supernatural. And it's the same picture mm-hmm. that, 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 <coughs> that, well, that, that also, also sorry, sorry, that the deception is so inextricable from reality. Mm-hmm. That is what Satan has been doing from the beginning. Yeah. I mean, deception is the game, right? But also like to some degree, you have to ask the question, like is the weirdest things in the world covered up by the fact that deep fake is so damn good. Are they able to find a video that's unexplainable and just label it deep fake? And I think the bill hater one was a deep fake, but my point is if you find compelling evidence now, technology is to the point where how can you tell the difference? You know what I mean? Right. And it, it's, it's kind of sucks. Uh, I'll, here, here's just a good example, by the way, of uh, reptilians controlling the social media as well. And I think this one is, is a bit more compelling. Check this out. Ah. <laughs> because you're human. And Hold I on. Was That's human. really quiet. I am human still. Um, I was but, human. Um, but it, Play it again. It doesn't bother you because you're human. And, and I was human. I am human still. Um, <laughs> but, um, but it... But I was just referring to myself in the past. Um, not that I was not human. Freudian slip. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> because you're human. I mean, I'm human. I'm human, too, guys. I'm human, too. <laughs> I just love that one. Uh, so we've got them controlling the social media. I love that episode of um, uh, what's that show? Inside Job where Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> A lizard person. Uh, here's here's some more. Comp- here's some pretty uh, actually compelling evidence from Billy Corgan. Uh, just listen to what he says about seeing a shapeshifter. It this doesn't seem fake to me. If it'll, I'll have to refresh it. Damn it. Give me a give me a give me a for instance. I I, I want to know. I'm turning, I'm turning red. I'm so embarrassed. No, don't be embarrassed. Come on, share. Why not? We have to discuss let's these just, things. Let's 
let's just say I was with somebody once and, and I saw I saw a transformation that I can't explain. Mm. The person transformed into something other than human. Yes, I saw it. Were you on drugs? I was not. I was totally sober. Wow. You were talking with, I'm just going to, I'm guessing you some really questions. <laughs> if you would talk- so really quick, this is on the Howard Stern show. And the reason this is compelling to me, you'll hear it in a second, is he didn't bring it up. He, uh-huh. he was prompted into this repeatedly by Howard Stern until he kind of told the story. Uh-huh. And then he comes back on again and they prompt him again. He just doesn't want to talk about it. We ta- you were talking to someone. Yes. And you're having a conversation. Yes. Like we are now. Yeah. This close. <laughs> and the person suddenly, not in a hallucination, they said to you, look, something's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show, I'm going to morph into something else. Mm-hmm. And you're like, this is ridiculous. That's not how it happened. Give me, give me, give me, give me a please. I want to see this. Imagine you're doing something and suddenly you you turn around and there's somebody else standing there. A different human. Sort of. It's hard to explain without going to detail. I'd rather not go into details. But did you say to the person, what'd you just do here? Yes. And they acknowledged it. And and what did they say they were from another planet? They wouldn't explain. Why not? Again, without telling us, it's a really messed up story. A famous person? No. Good. Why is that not famous? By the way, why is that good? Why, why, not, they're, they're why don't you vote. put them on wrestling? Even or not, they're actually a voting member of the Rock and Roll Academy. Is that true? No, I'm just. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's Jan Winner, isn't it? But when you say they transformed into someone else or something, I mean, Billy, else. I've had that happen. I'm being vague on purpose. I was so with I a woman uh, once. She took her makeup off. I didn't know who the fuck she was. <laughs> I'm telling you, she totally tricked me. You talk about something like that. That's a different story. Wow. I yeah. mean. It's up there with one of the most intense things I've ever been through. Yeah. So it's to me, it's like he doesn't want to say he's being vague on purpose. He's like, let's not talk about this story. But he's also very adamant that it's real and, and that he being- confronted the person. And they're like, yeah, no, I'm not going to say what I am. But that, that happened. He's not doing that thing people do where they hint at something because they are not going to give you details, but they want the attention. Yeah, no, it doesn't seem like that at all. It, he seems really uncomfortable, to be honest. What's wild about it, too, is that listening to the story, I have just inexplicable desire to cry, mm-hmm. like in, in terror. <laughs> it's, it's creepy, right? It's really creepy, and the way that he says it is really creepy. Like, he's like, it's almost like he's saying, I, it's almost like his position is, I have to accept that this is normal. I have to accept that this is normal. I don't want to talk about it. It's really messed up, but I have to accept that this just happens. Yeah. And he goes back on a second time. It's a long clip, so I'm not going to play it. But he goes back on a second time. Howard Stern continues to ask him about it. And he's like, I'll tell you about it off air. But you can pro- you have to promise never tell anybody. And he does. He tells Howard Stern. And he's like, I'm not, I can't tell you. Wow. But there's like video footage of him and Howard Stern in a corner. He's like whispering to him. And Howard Stern's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> but it's weird, right? Like he really, he st- stands by this story. So it's... It's weird. So obviously everybody's favorite lizard person, uh, Queen Elizabeth, the whole royal family. This is something that uh, gets talked about a lot. There is the 16th century portrait of Queen Elizabeth I. And I'm just going to show you what it looks like now. See that? She's holding uh, some type of flower. Okay. Do you see anything weird about it? It's like some discoloration right here. Yeah, that's really weird. Yeah, they did x-ray this photo. And she's holding a snake. And oh. they tried to cover up the fact that Queen Elizabeth I has got this crazy portrait of her holding this coiled snake. Ah. 
And there's tons of videos, but again, the reason I'm not going to play a bunch of videos is because deep fakes and you can't tell. So I'm trying to go a different route with this. But there is this weird cover-up in the royal family to hide the fact that they have all this snake worship in their imagery and their paintings and and statues and things like that. So this one was just weird to me. Can you show? Can you scroll up so that you can show the snake's face again? You know oh, how the, f- the face, there the we face go. of the snake, yeah, looks yeah. like Nessie. Yeah, it looks like Nessie. A hundred percent looks like Nessie. It's very intelligent. It that's yeah. not a normal snake head. This is not Queen Elizabeth had a pet snake and she wanted to be painted with it. That does not look like a snake. It looks like a serpent thing, but it's not a snake. Right. That's not something because like these artists are good, and you you see this throughout some of this art where you'll see a very incredibly good picture of a human and then a terrible, like off to the side, terrible renderings of cows and horses Yeah, because they, they <laughs> had the human to sit there yeah. to copy and they didn't have the animals. So this tells me they they didn't have the snake there to copy and had in fact never seen a snake up close before. <laughs> Is that what you think? Or do you think it was some type of like real demonic snake that she's holding? Like some weird serpent if, thing. If they had a real thing to paint in this scenario, it was not our normal snake. That's all I'm saying. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then my my bigger question is when they put weird looking animals, when good artists put horrible looking animals into paintings, is it just our pride that says that they're bad at <clears throat> art? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they were painting. Maybe they're showing the something else uh, with their weird art. I don't know. I mean, I think Picasso's a shit artist, but apparently, you know, it's amazing. Well, no, I, I guess. I mean, yes. Picasso, <laughs> well, Picasso was a good artist who painted. It was a joke. Who, was, who's yeah. whose most famous things are really messed up. But I'm talking about people who ever, 90% of the painting is very, very good. Yes. Yeah. Looks almost like a photo. And then one terribly rendered animal. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. Yeah. So there's Queen Elizabeth. And I want to bring her up first because <laughs> the, the, the last one I want to get into is that all of the U.S. presidents may, we may have been told by Disney, and a, a, a deep occultist, that all of the U.S. presidents for all of American history uh-huh. have not been snake people, lizard people themselves, but they have been controlled by a lizard person behind the scenes. So get this. In- He's just being anti-Semitic again. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, is is ruling in the genes all presidents bar one are direct directly descended from a medieval english king i'm sorry what this is true this is real and by the way this comes from the daily mail because every single other article on this was taken off the internet only the daily mails was up still that i found today this was published in 2012 so this is before trump yes this is during Obama, and he's one of them. He's related. So okay. this, sorry, Martin Van Buren is the only one who's not related. That's true. Uh, he keeps coming up. I need I'm to curious to do a deep dive on Martin Van Buren and why he was president, but not related. So there's this 12 year old girl uh, who created a family tree linking 42 of the 43 U.S. presidents again at the time. Uh, to King John of England. And you might be going, oh, Obama was president. He was 44. Yeah, but we had uh, what's-his-face that was president twice. So that's okay. not actually a, the real number. Um, technically, technically, Joe Biden's the 45th person who's been president, mm. even though he's 46. Why can't I think of his name right now? The guy was president twice. Was it Taft? I, don't I think know. it was Taft. Sorry. 
anyway, only only the eighth president, Martin Van Buren, was not related to King John. So goes on. What a Barack Obama. Grover Cleveland. Oh, thank you. Did you hear that? I'm sorry. The stupid page started playing an ad. Uh, (laughs) That was really loud. Uh, My gosh. I'm sorry. I would have found any other website. Uh, This one is just full of ads and I can't make them go away. So this uh, Bridge and D. Avignon, however you say her name, created a family tree that connected 42 of the 43 presidents to one common ancestor. And that common ancestor is King John, which is the villain, the villainous king in the Robin Hood stories. Of course he is. Of course he is. He's the the one who signed the Magna Carta. He's the one that signed the Magna Carta. And what's interesting is you're like, well, why would this evil king sign the thing that eventually the United States Constitution would be based on? Mm. I wonder if it's just like the illusion of choice was Mm. his like gift to the people. Like you have the illusion of choice. Yep. And it also goes in line with if you believe that every president has been selected and not elected, that he, he, this is the guy who gave England and the West, the illusion of choice, the illusion of voting, the illusion of having rights without having real rights. I'm just saying I'm not going that conspiratorial, but it's an idea, right? So then I started thinking, hold on, where have I seen King John controlled by a reptilian in my life? (laughs) When I was a kid, I saw it every week because I watched this movie like over and over and over again. Robin Hood, the 1973 movie where King John literally has Sir Hiss, a reptoid humanoid snake thing hypnotizing him. Check this out. Please don't do that. Mm. If you don't mind my saying so, you see, you have a very loud sum. Hypnotism can rid you of your psychosis so easy. So, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, is Disney the great occultist that put all of the weird symbolism and all of the revelation of the method stuff in all of his movies? Was he telling us something that there's a rep reptoid literally hypnotizing King John, the one that all the presidents are related to? What other movie is it in, too? Oh, was it another movie? Yep. You're going to get a movie reference that I don't get. What is it? Mm-hmm. It's in Aladdin. Jafar has the snake staff. The Damn it, you're right. Staff, and he hypnotizes <clears throat> the sultan with the staff. Reptilian controlling that dynasty as well. Yep. It's in Disney. They're telling us. And it's that weird link with the red laser eyes. The, mm-hmm. the red laser eyes. Oh, the Jungle Book as well, right? Mm-hmm. Was he, did he hypnotize in the... I think he's... It's been so long since I've seen the Jungle Book. But that snake character keeps showing up, right? Yeah. And, and then you can make the argument that like this is just classic snake symbolism that comes from the Bible, that comes from the Garden of Eden. The snake character is going to be deceiving you. Okay. Could be, but I do find it very interesting that it's a talking a snake. <laughs> yeah, it's a little on the nose. The, the guy that every president's related to has this because that's not in, like there's no controlling person behind the throne in the rest of the Robin Hood mythology that I'm aware of. John or am I wrong? It's it's been my thinking. Is there a version like, of Robin Hood where that's there? No, no, not that I can think of. Mulan and the Dragon. Yeah, I mean, Dragon. That's is, crazy uh, too. That's yeah. that kind of blows my mind because that that's from another angle, right? That angle is because the the, the Chinese worship so, the reptoids right. like pretty openly to this day. Right. The the narrative is that that the dragon is leading her, and that's good actually. Because they are a society who still openly worships 
the reptoids, the dragon, the dragon men. So Hicktown honey has a good question. So what is higher on the scale? Do the masons pray to the lizards or do the lizards serve the masons? No, I think if, if the, if we're talking about, so there's, there's two things here. There's the, the archons, the, the fallen angels, right? And then there's the human hybrids. So if you believe they're still making, and I'm not sure if I do, but like they're still making human hybrids or they're using, as we've talked about in the past, this idea of, we know that there was Nephilim after the flood. We saw that, that, that DNA strain carried on in certain people. They're trying to bring that out in people. Like I would say that the lizard people, not the half breeds or whatever you want to call them, the, the watchers, not the Nephilim, they're the ones being worshiped. Right? So, um, I think the Masons serve the snake. Yeah. So anyway, that's kind of my thing. That's the beginning of the lizard person stuff. I also just want to say really quickly, if you guys want to get a shout out on the show, you can leave us a five-star review. I've got two here today. We've got one from Falcon cool one. This is awesome. Great podcast. Love how they do their research. I always play them at work. Makes my day better, especially the Bible episodes. God bless you all. Aw, thank you. One of those. We've been so busy, you guys. We've been in, it's been insane lately, but we're going to get back to Daniel. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It has been. I've been, I mean, I've talked about this before, but I've been working. I haven't had a day off in weeks. Tomorrow's going to be like my first actual, like after the show's over, I'm not doing anything for the next 24 hours. I basically broke my body with not sleeping uh, and working too much. So that's kind of why I'm sick today. It's not like I have a virus. I'm just so tired. Um, and then we have Jess B six, eight, seven. This is great show. What a great show. I love that. They also have Bible studies mixed in too. It is everything I was looking for. So we appreciate that. Honestly, we were like, Oh, should we put these Bible studies out where people like them? And you guys have really enjoyed them and we want to keep doing it. So those are coming. Um, and again, me and Abby are getting together next week. We're going to hang out. We're going to see some sites. We're going to meet with people at the Lansing brewing company. Uh, Wednesday, what day is it for people that are listening to this later? It'd be the July 24th. It's the, I think it's the 26th. I'm just going to double check. Double check. Um, yeah, it's the, it's the Wednesday. Yes. July 26th at 1 PM. We're going to meet at the Lansing Brewing Company. So come out, have some food, have some beer with us. Uh, we're going to take this over and read your guys's, uh, rumble rants and check out your guys's, uh, uh, stuff over on Odyssey, memes and stuff you send us. If you send us memes on Twitter, we'll get to those as well, as many as we can get to. Uh, if you're listening to this later, one of the best things you can do for the show, besides leaving us a five-star review, is to support us over on Locals. So go, go to conspiracypill.locals.com. You can download the Locals app on your phone, and you'll get the full episode, the full audio episode with this extended portion, uh, and you can get our bonus Unhinged content, because tomorrow night we're doing another Unhinged episode of Conspiracy Pill that Abby's leading, and she's kind of told me some of the stuff we're talking about, and it's going to be really, really good, so... Thank you. Do you have anything you want to say before we take off for the audio yeah. listeners? The other way that you can help us out that doesn't cost you a dime is to share us with a friend and preferably with the friend who will think you're the most stupid when you share the show with them. Just completely make a fool of yourself. Send them the show. Be like, I totally believe everything here and just <laughs> let your friendships just, I'm just kidding. No, but sharing sharing the podcast with a friend on any platform is super helpful to us with the algorithm with growing the audience with everything and we just want to be able to get the message out there so absolutely well thank you guys so much we will see you guys next week if you're watching us live stick around and we'll get to your chats god bless 